You're listening to the PowerPlace Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. There's a lot going on. It's funny, as, as I was prepping for today, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Like, you got to at least narrow it down. We can hardly fit people in the room. Like, there, there is such an excitement. First of all, I am Pastor Isaiah. I'm the executive pastor here. We are standing on the promises of God that are biblical in this house. If you're new with us, just know that we believe in the Bible, the entire Bible. We don't leave anything out. That's one of the reasons we hung the flag over there with the blue line through it. So if you have an issue with it, you probably have an issue with the word. I'll just go ahead and let that be known from the pulpit so you know we back law enforcement and we don't shy away from it. We also back Canadian truckers. We back a lot of things in this house. Here's the thing. I'll let you know just so that so you're not like you don't have to worry about it at all. Like we believe the entire word. And if it's in the word of God, we're going to stand on it and we're not going to shy away from it. So if you get your feathers ruffled, there's a million other churches. This probably isn't the church for you. And that's okay because we believe in the word and we won't back away from that. And I know that God is calling the church. He's calling the church to rise up in a day that people don't want to rise up. Things are not clear. Okay? You can stand for one thing, get taken to jail for it, stand for another thing, and be able to get away with it. I'm letting you know the world is corrupt and it's crooked. We're choosing to stand by the word of God. We will not veer away from it. We won't shy away from it. We won't be worried about it. I, I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I wonder if I'm going to offend somebody today with my faith. I hope I do. I hope I do. Because guess what? Faith in God is offensive to those who are not following him. It is. It's offensive because you cannot live the same way you've always lived when you believe in God. Things have to change. Things have to shift. You're one way and then you start following God and you're a completely different way. It's just, it's very clear in the word of God. We're going through a series. What does love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. That's why God sent his son. That's originally why he sent his son. He said, I'm going to send my son to change things there on earth. Love started this thing, and love is going to end this thing. We'll say you sound a little intense. It's because I am. I'm offended. It frustrates me when people are stupid. Amen. And I found out just recently how stupid people are. It bothers me. I don't understand how people can walk through life without a brain. Except for when I watch Wizard of Oz. See, to me, when I read the Word of God, I read the Word of God, and it makes sense to me to just follow it. I don't understand how we can read the Word of God and put it aside and say, eh, I don't know if that's for me. What do you mean? to me. So you're saying, if I give some of my money, then God promises gifts to me. 
things back to me, comfort for me. It's called obedience. When, when you give, God says, I'm going to take care of you. Well, does that mean I'm going to get more money back? No. That means he's going to take care of you. So are you saying if I give $10, he's going to give me $100? No, I never said that. I said if you give what you're supposed to give, he'll take care of you. And that, that's, that's what he set up. You go ahead and be obedient. I'll take care of you. It's like the child that lived in his bedroom his whole life because all he was was disobedient. He never got to see anything. That's the problem. When he finally saw the light, he was like, I don't understand it. That's how a lot of you live. You live in the darkness because you're, you're, being, you're living in disobedience. You're trapped into a confinement space of a bedroom. You don't understand the light. And when you actually finally experience the light, it's like, whoa, what is this? This is bright. Yeah, it is. And if you'll live in obedience, you'll get to see it a lot more. I watched a, a court case just this last week of a guy that has been in jail for over 30 years. And the judge finally let him off and he broke down in tears, finally being able to step out of prison. Those are big days. It's, it's, but a lot of us need to understand that's his story. Your story is uh, you've been in prison in your own life for that many years also. Some of you have been struggling with the same things for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. You're sitting there struggling in this dark hole saying, man, I just want, I just want the judge to give me freedom. You can have it. It's right here. He, he's got the gavel. He's ready. It's ready to fall. Hey, you're free. All you got to do is come forward and say, I'm done. I'm done with this. I just want to get rid of it and be free. Man, there's so much. And I believe we talked about this. I, I believe that God's really been putting this in my spirit for where we're headed in 2022. We are in February of 2022. It boggles my mind. It's moving so fast already. But I believe that God is raising up front row warriors for 2022. That is the people that are willing to go first in the charge. It's the people that are willing to say, are you ready? Let's go. Follow me as we go into battle. I believe that God's raising up new people to do so. I don't believe that, that we need the, the old time uh, church people to lead it. I believe that he's bringing in the people from the streets that don't even know. And he's going to raise them up in a moment's notice and say, you're ready for the front line. Let's go. We're going forward. So I say that because I don't want you to discount yourself from the front row. I don't want you to discount. God is coming back in the soon day. And I don't want you to discount yourself from leading those far away from him into his kingdom. So wherever you're sitting today, however you're sitting there today, give it all to God and let him lead and guide you exactly where you need to go. Amen. How many of you love to love? You love to love. It, love is good. What has love got to do with it? Everything. Love's got everything to do with it in your house. Love has everything to do with it in your job site. You hang out with certain people because you love them. You hang out with the other people because you have to, right? You're sitting in a row today because you chose that row next to the people that you probably like, not necessarily love, but you like them. Some of you are forced into a row because you showed up late. You'll learn. You're going to learn really fast. You're either going to start praying harder for the space next door or you'll learn. One of the two. God is, God is moving at a rapid pace. And, and if you're a follower of Christ, you'll notice that. You'll notice that all around the world right now. He's moving at a rapid pace. So things are happening, happening rapidly. So growth, rapidly. The church is packed rapidly. 
Things are expanding rapidly. Buildings are going to be gifted rapidly. Schools are going to start rapidly. Why? Because that's, that's the way God works. I think, uh, I'm, just, I'm just gonna go out here. I can't wait to get to heaven and actually ask him, but I think that he is going, he's going to tell me, Isaiah, when COVID finally hit, I was so excited because church has actually got excited about me. Like, like we're actually going forward. We would have never started a school until we started to see schools fail the way they did since 2019. And this is just recent that we've even like let it out of our mouths that we wanted to start a school. Because if you know, starting a school is a lot of process. But the way the school system is, it's tainted. The devil loves to counterfeit things. And the school is walking right down there. We are going to start a school that's Holy Spirit based. Absolutely. We're going to start a school that challenges kids for in their education and also in life skill. I'm telling you, if you have questions about school and you say, well, I don't know if it's just talk from the stage, I can tell you there's being research done on the inside. We're actually flying to Texas on Thursdays to be praying for us because things are happening in the house for future days. For future days. God is moving. He's moving at a rapid pace. You either get on board or you fall off board. Because we're going so fast, if you don't hold on tight, things will slip you by. And that's the thing. I think that's the thing with the church. The church, why it's growing so fast? Because there's an excitement about it. There's an excitement about his word. When you read his word, there's an excitement in his word. And it's like, I've got to get full on board right now because something is happening. People are going somewhere and I need to know what's going on. Mm. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. You know, love sometimes is hard, and love sometimes can be received as hard. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you sat even in this, in this room and said, man, I, I felt like you didn't love me at all, like you were just downing me, trashing the way I've lived. No, it's called tough love. Tough love. It's, hey, I don't know if the way you're living is right. Let's look at that together. Let's step back, re reassess what's going on here, and go ahead and reapply some new habits in our life. I had a story today shared to me about a couple weeks ago when we talked about giving up tobacco and alcohol. 35 years chewing tobacco, gave it up, has not done it since. That's freedom. That's freedom. Freedom is in 35 years? Well, I've been at it a long time. Yeah. Well, you don't understand my story. If I, if, I, if I told you everything, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, but he does. And he wants the best for you. He wants you to rip back the layers of, of normality in your life to say, no, you don't understand. This is comfort. 
This is where I live. This is, this is me. This is, no, no, no. You might think you have all these gifts of prophecy. Now, without love, this, it's void. It's, it's void. void. This, this is, is the, the part, part where you get up to heaven. It's like, I don't even know you, but I, but I, you saw me. You saw what I did. Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't, this isn't for you. I don't know you. Isaiah 43. You don't have this one because I got this one in worship. I'm sorry. Isaiah 43. If you wouldn't have led us into his presence, maybe I wouldn't have got it. So just remember that, Landon. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. It's funny because I was going to read from Isaiah. I was going to read from Isaiah. Hey, good job. It's almost like I had it. I was going to read from Isaiah in the 30s, and I jumped up to 43. God, when God impresses on your spirit, you can't get away from it. And here's the thing. When you listen to his nudge, it's better than what you had planned. I was already in the book of Isaiah. I was going to read from the book of Isaiah, but what I had wasn't good enough. Serious. And there is someone sitting in this room that needs this. What I had planned was fitting my schedule. This is what someone needs. So I can either stick to what I know or bail on it like I do everything. Just bail on everything. I've learned in life, just bail on it. Honestly, my ways are just awful. So I just listen to God. Isaiah 43, but now this is what the Lord says. He created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give you Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west, and I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of them foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act who can reverse it. Some of you need to be reminded this morning of who God is. He is the Lord your God. He has fought for you from the beginning. 
He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't left you. He's not going anywhere. He doesn't plan to go anywhere. He says, I am the only God. There is no God coming after me. I don't know if you're waiting on some God to show up that's better than the God you've ever witnessed. There is no other God coming. He is the greatest thing to ever be on earth and in heaven. That's it. So where God is today is right here for you. He wants you and he wants all of you holding nothing back. And this is why when we talk about obedience, obedience comes from a place of love. Obedience comes from a place of love. That's why those of you with kids that look like they stepped right out of a juvie, I question how you train because training out of anger creates problems. Training out of love and discipline, don't forget that one, creates warriors. Love is the base for success. When I love, I choose to step into all that God has for me. When I choose to be distant from love, I choose to distance myself from success. Just making sure this is really dumbed down and easy because I believe that it is. I need to give myself a dose of easy all the time. I understand things when they're put easy. Understand, when I love, when I step into love, God is love. So all of a sudden, when I love, I'm imitating my father. When I step out of love, I no longer look like my father. This is what we're teaching our kids. When you love, you represent the Hollises. That was really confusing until my sister got married. Once she got married, then, you know, because you don't want to represent Allie, but now she's a Verkirk. We don't have to worry about that. I, I literally can't. She's shooting me with a bow and arrow. She's literally shooting me with, with a bow. <laughs> She's literally shooting me with a bow and arrow. <laughs> this, is, this is sick. I'm preaching. I'm doing God's business. I don't understand. This, this, is, a, this is a sick joke. It's an, actual, it's an actual sick joke. She has more. How much ammo does she have? I don't understand. All right, I'm ready. Oh, that was close. That was close. Listen. I'm doing God's work. Sit down. Where's, where's Alicia? Take her in. This is ridiculous. My gosh. When you train your kids without love, they will turn into juvies. <laughs> wow. You know, it's so much in me to, to just make fun of her. I can't help it. it. It's just common for me. It's because I love her. But, but understand that, like, when I, now I got to get it back. When I, when I teach my kids who they are, it was something my parents always told us, remember who you are. It wasn't a thing of threat. It was understand that who you represent is me and him. So be careful what you say, be careful what you do, 
be careful who you represent because it's me at the end of the day. So when, when we do these things, when we walk through life, when we go through life, if we understand, like, honestly, like I was always afraid of the whistle because when my dad whistled, I knew that I was either going to get a spanking or a big talking to. So I was always afraid. That if we understand that at the end of the day, it's for love that I'm obedient, then out of love, I'll be obedient. I'm not doing it out of fear. I'm doing it out of love. The fear that we talk about fearing God is to be terrified to be away from him. It's not to fear him and be like, oh my word, I'm so afraid of you. I don't know. I, I don't want to go to hell. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to live afraid and just live in my house because that makes me not do bad things. No, 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 no. That's not what, that's not what it means. It means to be so terrified to be away from him. I'm going to fear being distant from your presence. I, all I want to do is be near you. And the moment, the moment that I'm not, I'll know. Because when I'm near you, I'm different. When I'm near you, your presence, it just fills me. From the tips of my toes to the top of my head, I can't, I can't help it. I can't express it. I don't, know, I don't know what to do other than just get emotional because I'm so in love with you. I don't know what to do. And then it's in those moments that when God taps on your heart, he says, hey, son, go, do, act, say. You say, okay. Out of being so in love with you, I'll be obedient. How's your love? When was the last time you checked your love meter and checked on your relationship with God? Because maybe your relationships in your home, your relationships with your extended family is lacking because you have forgotten how to love. Last week, we talked about relationships with dating and engaged and married. And kind of walked through like setting up boundaries in your life and standards in your life to walk through with your significant other to protect you from life. You know, the same thing you have to do in your personal life. You have to do some, some, some structured protection from life, even on your own. While I'm single, you should have some standards in place to keep you protected. While I'm divorced, you should have major protection put in place to keep you safe. Well, I'm, I'm not with that person anymore. That's okay. You need protection in place to keep you protected from life. This is the thing. What, 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 what we experience in life, sometimes we challenge what we've experienced with, I've already been there and done that, so it can't get much worse than that. Rather than turning a 180 and saying, that's the past and I'm going to get better. Just because you've been there doesn't mean you want to go back. Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians uh, 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, 
The things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the name way, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Understand that you have to tune into the Holy Spirit to hear what he is saying. You can't tune into all of these things around the world and then expect to hear God in a moment. You have to be tuned into his voice and then in the chaos of the world, his voice stands out. When we become acclimated to the world and our ear understands the world, the Holy Spirit driving through the world in our ear doesn't break through because we become callous to his voice. Reverse that, spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit be the one that drives your ear gate. Then when the world comes, it just kind of bounces off. It can't penetrate your ears. And if it can't penetrate your ears, it can't penetrate your heart. And if it can't penetrate your mouth, it definitely won't penetrate your mouth. And that's why you can tell a lot about someone within the first five minutes of knowing them. You can understand exactly where they are and exactly where they're headed. And a lot of us try to give second and third and fourth chances to these people trying to be their friend. And pretty soon you turn out just like them because you were just trying to have one more conversation and one more interaction and one more visit. Pretty soon you find yourself down at the bar on a Saturday night, have a conversation and end up having to call an Uber home. Too tired to get up in the next morning to go to church because you got a headache. And now all of a sudden, the love for a conversation turned into the wrong action, which turned into a distant relationship from the Holy Spirit, which turned into a calloused ear to his voice, which turned into a life full of sin. It starts out small. Please don't sit here and fool yourself and say, oh, I only, only once a month we have a family gathering where it's great. Please. It starts small. I've had many of friends that say, I'm just going for one. I've had many of friends that just say, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. Oh, no, they're, they're okay. I know they're, I know they're not that great, but it's okay. Those people are not serving the Lord today. They're distant from his presence. Why? Because they were distant from his love and they forgot how to love. They turned their love into a worldly love and a worldly love is shallow and empty and always has to be filled. A worldly love has to be filled on a daily basis where a godly love pours out on a daily basis. People of the world go searching for love. People in his presence open their arms and receive his love. It's the difference. It's a hunting game versus a receiving game. The world is hunting for happiness. They're hunting for things to fulfill. The Christians are receiving. 
As a child, I remember standing on many a stage because we traveled for 12 years as a family. I remember standing on many a stage in front of people, and I remember my dad telling me, you know, Isaiah, you have to introduce this song. And it would make me sick. I would, I would literally get sick. I would cry, and then I would get sick. And I remember, I remember you know, being like, man, why, why, why the push? Like, as a child, you don't understand it. Why, why, are, you, why are you making me do these things? I, I don't understand. Why do I have to introduce a song? It's dumb. We'll just sing. Let the people receive it. It's fine. I didn't understand I didn't know that it actually wasn't my father, but it was God conditioning me for being okay standing. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling on a few people today to stand. Not because it's comfortable. And you might just want to cry. Honestly, I'll hold you. I get it. I've been there. I was the child that wouldn't go to Sunday school by myself. Until I was 11, I was a wiener baby. I lived in fear. Why do you think I hate it? I lived in it until I was 11. I, I, I was fear gripped. It would paralyze me so bad. I'm speaking to someone today. It would paralyze me so bad I would shut down. My body would shut down. They would ask me what my name was and I wouldn't be able to respond. And then my dad had the audacity to ask me to introduce a song. You sick person making me stand up on that stage and do that. You know, you know. You know. Out of everybody, ain't nobody, you, you know. A lot of you sitting here today, you know me, Zay, you know me. You see my Facebook post, you know me. You know all that, that's why you're saying this. No, I'm telling you, God is sending me here to call you out of that dang comfort zone of fear. Here it is, and here it is, plain and simple. He called me past my comfort. I hated every minute of it. I felt so confined by my fear. When I would walk into a room, I would shut down. And God said, I'm going to start peeling back the layers so that I can reveal who my real son is. And here's the thing. If you are gripped by fear this morning, then I want you to challenge yourself in love. Because if your love for the Father is exactly where it needs to be, the fear just dissipates. It literally goes away. It literally has to fall off because nothing from the enemy can stand side by side with the Heavenly Father. It just can't. And when it does, you got to challenge it. There's something missing in my lineup. If that's willing and able to be here side by side with me, then something is missing and something has to be challenged in me. So we walk today and we walk by faith, not by sight, not by what we see. I don't go by what I see. I don't go by what I feel because if I went by what I saw, I'd be really afraid right now. If I went by what I felt, man, we'd be shutting down right now. But it's not how I feel. It's not what I see. It's what I know.
And what I know is the promises of God and the promises of God are true. They are yes and amen. They are complete. They are start and finish. He, he started the sentence and he'll end the sentence. My God is the God that can. He's the God that will. And even if he doesn't do exactly what I want him to, I'm going to love him anyways. Because it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants to do in me. I didn't like that my parents made me go to class. I didn't like that my parents made me lead a song. It was child abuse. I'm just voicing all my childhood problems to hear. So it's recorded. I just want to make sure that it's all, you know, set up. That way, if someday I need it, it's recorded. Anyways. I didn't like it. What? Yeah, look at you now. Yeah, sure. But this is why, this is why we choose to fight. This is why we choose to stand. Because I don't care where you are. I only care where you're headed. You might have walked in here today, toughest life you've ever lived in the last two weeks. I'm even going to go in the last five days. It's been your hardest five days of your life. You have battled more demonic spirits than you ever have in the last five days. Guess what? There's freedom today. It's easy. It's easy. And why is there freedom? Because of his love. And we get it because of our love. When you draw near to the Father, he draws near to you. Things happen. I want to read a story. It's going to take me probably about five minutes to read it. Maybe three if I'm fast. But I want you to hear this story. It's a true story. Maybe some of you have heard it. It's a great story. I was a widely traveled pastor in England from Lansdowne Baptist Church. One night in church, I asked a man named Peter to share his testimony. Peter got up and said, this is how I was saved. I was in the Royal Navy. I was walking down George Street in Sydney, Australia, and out of nowhere stepped a little old gray-haired man, and he said to me, excuse me, sir, but could I ask you a question? I hope that it won't offend you, but if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says that it will either be in heaven or it will be in hell. Would you think about that, please? Thank you. God bless you, and toodaloo. Right there, just write that down, and that's all you need. That, that was a great one. Then the man left. I had never been confronted with that question. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I got back to London. I sought out a pastor, and I became a Christian. Several weeks later, we had a revival in the church, uh, and Noel, one of the visiting revival team, shared his testimony. This is how I came to know Christ. I was in the Royal Navy, and I was walking down George Street in Sydney, Australia, and out of nowhere stepped a little old gray-haired man. He said to me, excuse me, sir, could I ask you a question? If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? What he said bothered me, and later I sought out a Christian, and I was converted to Christ. Several months after that, I was in the city of Adelaide in eastern Australia, and I thought that I would share the testimony of Peter and Noel. A man in the congregation jumped up, waving his hands and said, well, I'm another. The same thing happened to me. I couldn't get what he said out of my mind, and I became a follower of Jesus. 
I then went to Western Australia for a revival meeting and shared this story. And afterwards, a deacon of the church came to me and said, Dr. Dixon, I'm another. I'd never been asked that question. And later I prayed to receive Christ. I went back to my home church in England and shared about Peter and Noel and the man in Adelaide and the deacon from the Western part of Australia. When I finished, a young lady came up to me and said, Pastor Dixon, I'm another. This man said the same thing to me. And later I became a believer. Several weeks after that, I was attending a conference in Northern England where I shared this growing story. Afterwards, a man came up to me and said, Dr. Dixon, well, I'm another. I was on a business trip to Sydney and this obnoxious, spiteful little man stepped out of a shop doorway, offered me a religious pamphlet and accosted me with a question. Excuse me, sir. Are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I tried to tell him I was a Baptist elder. He wouldn't listen to me. I came home and told my pastor, thinking he would sympathize, but he agreed. He had been disturbed for years knowing that I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and he was right. I made Jesus my Lord and Savior. A year later, I went on a world-speaking tour, and one of the stops was India. I was at a missionary conference and spoke on the topic of personal evangelism. I thought to myself, what a perfect illustration. I went through the story, and afterwards, a missionary came up to me and said, Dr. Dixon, I'm another it happened the same way for me, and I trusted Christ soon after. After India, I went to Jamaica. I was, I was at a meeting with a group of pastors. I shared this story and them with them. A pastor came up afterwards and said, excuse me, Dr. Dixon, I'm another. The exact same thing happened to me, and later I was converted and went on to seminary. Next, I stopped in Atlanta, Georgia, to speak at a naval chaplain convention. Here for three days, I spoke to over a thousand naval chaplains. Afterwards, the chaplain general took me out of, uh, for a meal and I asked the chaplain how he became a Christian. He shared that he was, <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was a reprobate drunk in the days, uh, in the service. And while doing exercises in the South Pacific, they stopped in Sydney Harbor. I got off a bus on George Street, blind drunk. And this ghost of a man jumped out in front of me, pushed a pamphlet in my hand and said, sailor, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? The fear of God hit me immediately. I was shocked sober, ran back to the ship and sought out the chaplain. He led me to Christ. I soon began to prepare for the ministry under his guidance. I am now in charge of a thousand chaplains who are bent on soul winning. Well, do I need to tell you where I went next? I went to Sydney, Australia. I sought out a Christian friend of mine and told him the stories and asked if he knew a little gray-haired man. If you knew a little gray-haired man on George Street. Oh, yes. Everybody knows him. That's Mr. Frank Jenner, but he's very old now and he's in the hospital confined to his bed. I asked my friend to take me to Mr. Jenner. 
When I went to the hospital, I introduced myself as I was giving specifics of each story. Mr. Jenner began to weep. He wept and he wept and he wept. I asked, what's wrong? Mr. Jenner said, when I came to Christ, I promised him. That I would share Jesus as a simple witness to at least 10 people a day in my retirement years. The best place to do this was George Street. I got lots of rejections, but a lot of people courteously took the track. In over 40 years of doing this, I have never heard of one single person coming to Jesus. Until today, Mr. Jenner died two weeks later. Is it not like him? To bring things full circle. To say, hey, son, well done. Well done. Look at what you've done. Mr. Jenner made it a point to get out and do something, something as simple as a track. And you hear here over, I mean, thousands of people impacted by his ministry on the street of George Street. What are we willing to do for love? What are you willing to do for God that is obsessed with you? When you stand here today and you think through everything that you've walked through in life, are you willing to take time for 10 people a day? Or is that too much? I wonder what God would do if the power play started to rise up in a way that said, I won't be ashamed of who I know and I won't be ashamed of the gospel. I'm willing to set aside moments in my day to make an impact on the community. Things shift and things happen when God is involved. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you've walked through. I don't know how you entered in here today. All I know is that God is so good that he wants to take you from where you are. I was going to say push you to where you need to be, but I don't want, he does, he's, not a, he's not a pusher, so I can't say that. He wants to lead you to where he is. That's how good God is. God is not a pusher. He's not, oh, you're going to go here. Oh, you're going to go there. Oh, you have to move. That's why everybody, oh, God did that. Oh, stop. Read your Bible. God is a lover. He cares. Stay with me, please. Everybody's standing. Thanks for listening to the PowerPlace audio podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.